He took Paul's girdle and, and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now look at verse 12. Look at the Christian's response that loved Paul in verse number 12. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. In other words, Paul, don't go. We love you. Don't go. If, if something bad is getting ready to come into your life, Paul, don't go. Stay. Don't go. But look what he said in verse number 13. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? He said, for I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we see saying the will of the Lord be done. In other words, you know what Paul said? Paul said, I'm not going to be a good Christian just because God's blessing. I'm not going to be a good Christian just because everything's going hunky-dory. But Paul said, I've already made a decision. You know what? I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. I'm going to know him. As Brother Mike sang about this morning, I'm going to know him. I'm going to know him. And if things are great, I'm going to know him. But if I've got an eye disease and I, I can't see very good, and, uh, and we believe that Paul had uh, some type of an eye disease, uh, Paul said, you know what? I'm still going to serve the Lord. Paul said, if I'm free, I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. But if they put me in prison, I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. You See, Paul had already come to that place in his life where he said, you know what? I'm going to decide before the difficulties ever come. And so Paul said, Lord, you saved me. He said, you brought me out of the miry clay. And he said, so you know what? If everything's great and I'm having a great life, I'm going to go on and be faithful to you. But he said, if they bind me and put me in prison and the shackles and fetters, and he said, I'm still going to, I'm still going to serve you. And so thank God for people who made some definite decisions before the difficulties ever came. Can I show you one other group real quick? There's many, but can I show you one other group? Would you take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Daniel? The book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. And in Daniel chapter 3, we find those who we call the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I believe these three, who I believe were young men, slaves is what they were, I believe that there were three young men here who were carried off to Babylon, but yet there were three young men that said, you know what, we're going to decide some definite things before the difficulties ever come. I know they did. Look, look what it says in Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 17. Now let me give you a little background here. The Bible says that, that the king has set up a golden idol and, uh, and he's, uh, he's made a pronouncement to the whole kingdom. And he says, now here's what we're going to do. He said, we're going to set up this golden idol. And he said, when you hear the music start playing, he said, the whole kingdom is going to bow down to this golden idol. And if you don't bow down to this golden idol, we're going to throw you into a burning, fiery furnace. Well, you know the story. The Bible says he set that idol up. The music began to play. And can you see as all the kingdom bows, and here's three young men standing. They're still standing. And they refuse to bow. They won't bend. They won't bow. The Bible says that, that, that the king brings them in. He's, he's irate. He's, he's full of wrath. He can't believe that these young men would not bow before him. And he brings these young men before him. Look at the story in Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 17. As they answer the king, uh, verse 17 says, If it be so, O our, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Look at verse 18. 
Verse 18, what are the first three words? But if not, they said, King, God's going to deliver us. But just in case you don't, they said, Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And so here were some young men that said, We're going to make some. Well, listen, we're not going to wait until the hardship comes. We're not going to wait until the storm comes. And then we're going to decide what we're going to do. Listen. This church, this is the truth. If I've ever told the truth, I'm about to tell it right now. Did you know what the average Christian life is this? Let's make a deal. That's the average Christian life. Let's make a deal. In other words, God, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you'll give me a pretty nice car to drive and give me a roof that doesn't leak and make sure all my kids are healthy and make sure the dog doesn't die, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go to church and I'll serve you. But God is not looking for let's make a deal Christians. God is looking for some Christians who'll say, Lord, come hell or high water, whatever happens, the roof may leak, the dog may die, the car may blow up, but I don't care. I'm going to decide right now that we're going to serve you with our life. Making some definite decisions before the difficulties come. Listen, church, the question is not are problems going to come? The question is when? So, man, we want our kids to listen. Why, madam? Madam, oh, no. We want these kids to listen because one of these days they may be the one walking out of the doctor's office. When the doctor comes back and looks at them when they're uh, 20 years old or 21 years old and said, sir, I'm sorry to tell you, but the test results reveal you have leukemia. I'm sorry to tell you this, but the test results reveal that you have multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's. And so don't wait until those Times come to make a decision. You know what you do? You make a decision now and say, Lord, whatever happens, I just want you to know, you got me. I'm in. I'm in. You're mine. And I'm yours. As the choir sang this morning, I'm just, I'm in, Lord. I'm going to serve you. I mean, if it's good, I'm going to serve you. If it's bad, I'm going to serve you. I'm just going to serve you. And now, we need to make some decisions before the difficulties come. Now, what are the decisions that you and I need to make. I'll only give you one this morning if I could. How about this? Number one, we need to make the decision that we're going to determine to praise the Lord. We're going to determine to praise the Lord. I'm not going to have you go there for a second time, but I want you to listen to these words. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12, Peter said, Beloved, he said, Think it not strange, Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as, some, as though some strange thing happened unto you. In other words, Peter said trials are going to come and, and turmoil is going to come and problems are going to come and afflictions are going to come and hardships are going to come. But then he said, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. In other words, go ahead and make plans right now that even when the bottom falls out, when the car blows up, when things go bad, just go ahead and decide right now before it ever comes, Lord, I'm going to praise you. 
I'm going to praise you. Everything going great? Not going great, but I'm going to praise him. I'm just going to praise God. I'm going to go ahead right now and make a declaration. I'm going to determine that I am going to praise the Lord. Psalm chapter 9, verse 1, the psalmist said, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Psalm chapter 22, verse 25, my praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. Psalm chapter 30, verse number 12, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Psalm 100, verse number 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, with praise. Just decide I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. I mean, if I've got a good job, I'm going to praise him. But if I get laid off, I'm going to praise him. I listen, if I get a raise, I'm going to praise him. But if I get a, a pay cut, I'm going to praise him. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and decide right now. If I've got good health, I can see well. I'm going to praise him. But if I've got a cataract, I'm going to praise him. I mean, it don't matter. I'm just going to decide right now. Yes, 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 yes. I believe the Holy Spirit's fanning this, this message right now. Hey, just whatever happens, whatever happens, I'm going to decide right now I am going to praise the Lord. Now, why is it? Why is praise so important? That's the question I want to answer real quickly. Why is praise so important, especially during the hard times? All right. How about this? Number one, because God is always worthy of praise. <laughs> Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Listen to this now. Listen to this, church. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, let me give that to you again. Let me give that to you again. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. You know what that means this morning, Calvary Baptist Church? It means that God doesn't just do good. God is good. He doesn't just do good. He is good. You know what that means? He's worthy of praise all the time. When everything's going great, he's worthy of praise. When everything falls apart, he's worthy of praise. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. He's the same God he was in Moses' day. He's the same God he was in Abraham's day. He's the same God he was in Steve Pope's day. He's the same God he was in your day. Listen, just decide, I'm going to praise him. And the reason I'm going to praise him is because he is deserving of praise. God is good all the time. But stay with me. Stay with me. Not only is praise important because praise, God is always worthy of praise. But number two, please listen to this. You say, preacher, I don't understand what you... Why would you preach this? I mean, we, we can't even pay our bills and you want me to praise God? I do. I mean, preacher, we got too much month at the end of the money. We, we don't have enough money to pay our bills. Uh, we, we've got some sickness in our home and, and yet you're telling me that I ought to praise the Lord. And, and, and that's right, you ought to praise the Lord. Now, why? Because, number one, God's worthy of praise. But number two is because praise changes our focus. You see, when you're going through the fire, if you're not careful, it's easy to get focused on the fire. And sometimes we get tunnel vision. And all we get, all we get focused on is what we're going through. The hardship, the valley, finances. 
And before we know it, that's all we're thinking about is finances. I'm in debt. I'm in debt. I'm in debt. I, I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. And, and then we're thinking about finances. We're thinking about that affliction. We're thinking about, and by the way, church, you know what? Cancer to this day is not a death warrant. God can heal cancer. God can heal cancer. So a doctor comes out and says, sir, you've got cancer. Well, you know what? That don't mean God can, God can heal cancer. God heals cancer every day. And uh, now, wait a minute now. But praise changes our focus. As far as I know, I've only used this story one other time. But I want to use it today because it fits so well here. I read this story, and it goes like this. A number of years ago, I spent a summer, this, this gentleman was telling the story. He said, I spent a summer teaching in Mexico. He said, both my children went with me, and he said, to pass the time as we drove, my three-year-old son Larry watched for license plates. The trip to Mexico netted him plates from 24 states. And while we were there, he saw four more. So when we started back, he was over halfway to having collected all 50 states. Our return trip was during the peak vacation season, and to top it off, we went through Yellowstone National Park, a license plate collector's paradise. By the morning of the second day there, he had just one more state to go. Delaware. Larry became obsessed with finding a license plate from Delaware. When we stopped to see Yellowstone's magnificent sights, he didn't glance at them once. He preferred to run up and down the parking lot looking at license plates. Talk about stress. Talk about anxiety. You would have thought that his whole life depended on finding a Delaware license plate. When we stopped to eat in a cafeteria near Yellowstone Falls, my son begged me to let him look for a license plate. Please, I don't want to eat, he said. Can I just stay here in the parking lot? And we said, no, you cannot. You have to eat. So he went inside and ate as quickly as he could to get the food down and then headed out to the parking lot. No sooner had, had we finished our meal, however, than Larry came bounding across the parking lot. Come here, come here, come here. You got to see it, you got to see it. You won't believe it if you see it. All of us went running out, and there, just pulling out of a parking place, was a blue Volkswagen bus with a Delaware license plate. In fact, he said, we got a picture. Wait a minute now. They were in one of the most beautiful spots in America, the world. And here was a young man who had one thing on his mind, and it was a stupid, dirty license plate. But you know what, Calvary? We do the same thing, don't we? We do. A lot of times if we're not careful, you know what will happen? There'll be, there'll be so many positive things going on and God will be blessing and, and God's, just, God's just opening up the windows of heaven. And you know what we'll do? We'll get our eyes on a license plate of problems. We'll get our eyes on a license plate of family issues or we'll get our eyes on a license plate of finances or, or afflictions or, or whatever the case may be. And that's all I'm saying. You know why it's important to praise the Lord before uh, when the difficulties come? Because praise changes our focus. Praise changes our focus off the valley and onto the, the lily of the valley. Praise changes our focus off of the storm and onto the Savior. Praise changes our focus off of the problem and onto the problem solver. 
There's some of you here this morning that need to quit telling God how big your mountains are and go to God and start and go to the mountains, start telling your mountains how big your God is. I'm just telling you, listen, whatever's going on, just determine, just decide, I am gonna praise the Lord. It's so important that you and I meditate on the right things. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn uh, maybe one last place, Philippians chapter 4 in your Bibles, and we're going to bring this to a close. I know we're, we're getting close to the hour here. Philippians chapter 4 in your Bibles. Philippians chapter 4, and I want you to look at verse number 8. What an important verse. It's so important that you and I meditate on the right things. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Paul says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, would you read those last few words with me? Ready? Think on these things. It's important that we meditate on the right things. The truth is all of us from time to time have a wrong thought. Don't we? We do. In fact, in fact, honestly, church, a lot of times it's many times a day. And I'm not necessarily talking about a, a lustful thought, although there, that, that, that would classify as well. But I'm talking about a negative thought. I'm talking about a faithless thought. I'm talking about a, a, a doubtful thought where we're just, we're doubting God and we have that wrong thought come in our mind. Now, here's the important part. But we change that thought by supplying another thought to take its place. So you can tell yourself, listen to this. You can tell yourself, don't have this thought. Don't think about this. Don't think about this. But as you're telling yourself that that not to think about it, you know what you're doing? You're thinking about it. So if I say to the, I say to the church, church, don't think about poodles. Don't think about poodles. Don't think about poodles right now. Don't think about poodles. Don't think about those poodles, little curly hair and little ribbons in there and a little ball on their tail. Don't th Quit thinking about poodles. Don't think about poodles. You know what you're thinking about? You think about poodles. But all of a sudden, if I say, boy, you know what? I love St. Bernard's. We've had three. I love them. They're all big and, and cuddly and furry, and they slobber a lot, and they're just as sweet as they can be. And you got those big old jaws, and, and man, just beautiful. You know what? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know what? You quit thinking about poodles, and you start thinking about St. Bernard's. You know why? Because you, you changed the thought. That's why praise is so important. Because praise, listen, listen to this now, praise redirects your thoughts onto the goodness of God and off of your circumstances. And so if all you do is get your mind on that license plate of circumstances and you say, oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, uh, everything's terrible. Listen, get your mind off of that and get your mind on the person who really matters, and that's him. And as you begin to praise him and say, God, my motor blew up this week, but you sure are good. Amen. Lord, I've got a little sniffle coming on. I don't want to praise you for your mercy. And God, I've got this problem, but your grace hasn't changed. 
I praise you because you're a God of grace and you're a God of goodness and you're a God of generosity and, and you're a giving God and you're, you're, uh, you're my glory in the lift up of mine head. And, and I praise you, Lord, because you're holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I praise you because you're high and lifted up. I praise you because you're infinite and you're inexhaustible and you're uh, inexplicable and you're indescribable. I praise you because you're just and Jesus is the Son of God and just take a little time and praise him, praise him. And you know what happens? It begins to it begins to redirect those thoughts and it gets the thoughts off the problems and off the circumstances and it gets your thoughts where they need to be. Many years ago in the Bible college my wife and I attended there was a fire that broke out in the dorms. It's pretty bad. They had to come in. They had to take some of the dorm students out and put them in hotel rooms until they could do something better. Smoke was all through the, throughout the campus, and, and it was just, some of you folks have been through a fire. You know what that's like. It was just sort of a down time. Dr. Wendell Evans was our college president. He called the preacher. He called our, our pastor, Brother Howes. Brother Howes was preaching out in America somewhere, and he called Brother Howes, and he said, Preacher, he said, we've had a fire. He said, some of the dorms are burned up. He said, the, we've had to move the kids to the hotel rooms. And he said, the smell of smoke's all through the campus. And he said, the morale is very low. And he said, preacher, if you've ever made it in for chapel, we need you to make it in. Brother House flew back across the country that day. And as he was flying back across country, he thought, what am I going to say? What can I preach that would lift these kids up? What, what, what can I pray? What, what can I preach or, or do that would, that would encourage these kids? And he began to think about that. That day he walked out into the chapel and he just walked straight to the pulpit. And he started singing. Everything's all right in my father's house. In my father's house, in my father's house, everything's all right in my father's house. Where there's joy, 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 everything's all right in my father's house. In my father's house, in my father's house, everything's all right in my father's house. Where there's joy, joy, and all those kids begin to sing, everything's all right in my father's house. And then they sing, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Then they begin to sing, Jesus, 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 I've got him on my mind. Jesus, 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 I've got him on my mind. Jesus, 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 I've got him on my mind. I've got Jesus on my mind. And all of a sudden, Brother House said, people begin to raise their hands and, uh, and Bible college students begin to raise their Bibles and folks begin to say, Amen, Amen, Hallelujah, Glory. And people begin to shout. And before you know it, there was a spirit of worship in that place and it was erupting with praise. You say, what happened? I'll tell you exactly what happened. You know what? When they began to praise the Lord, it got their minds off the bad things and it got their mind on the right thing, on the main thing. And you're here this morning and you say, preacher, I'm going through the battle of my life. What should I do? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You say, but preacher, things are terrible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. By the way, by the way, the worst thing in the world you'll ever do is sit at home and lay out a church and sit in your four walls and mope and have a pity party because the only person that ever shows up is the devil. 
Man, you get somewhere with somebody and just have you a time and shout and praise God and say, God, you're good, you're amazing, you're almighty, you're blessed, you're a blesser, you're the beginning and the ending, you're caring, you're our counselor, you're our convictor, you're our companion, uh, you're dedicated and diligent and you're eternal and exquisite and excellent and, and you're faithful and a friend that sticketh closer than a brother and you're the forgiver of my sins and uh, Lord, you're everything, you're everything. And you know what? You just take some time and praise him. And before you know it, you'll be feeling better. Now here's the thing. You got to decide that now. Just go ahead and decide now that whatever happens in the future, we're going to praise him. We're going to praise him. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, Thank you for this time we've had together today. Lord, you're worthy of praise. You're a good and a gracious God. And Lord, just because something goes wrong in my life doesn't change that one iota. You're still as good and gracious as you've ever been. You're a saving, wonderful, loving God. If my car runs well, you're great. But if my car falls apart, you're great. God, I pray today that you would help us to redirect our thoughts and help us not to get focused on the license plate. But God, help us to focus our attention on Almighty God. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Altars filled. And it could be there's somebody else today that needs to join these that are in the altar. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, things are, there's problems right now. What should I do? I just come to the altar this morning and say, Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to go ahead and decide right now. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. Now, real quickly, before we go, let me ask a question or two. First of all, while these are in the altar, pray. How many are here this morning, first of all, and you would say, Preacher, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I am saved and going to heaven when I die. If you can honestly say that between you and Christ, if you can honestly say that, would you slip your hand up this morning and say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. That's wonderful. That's great. Great, great, great. You can lower your hands. So let me ask you this next question, though. I wonder if there may be one here this morning, though, would say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand. And if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I so want you to pray for me. Preacher, please pray for me. And you'd slip your hand up right now. Let me remember you. Could I do that? Could I pray for you this morning? Just anywhere around the house, you'd say, Pastor, it's me. I'm not 100% sure of heaven. I want you to pray for me. Is there one? Can I pray for you? Anybody here today? Just raise it real high so I don't miss you. I'm not embarrassed you. I'm not going to come back and try to pull you down the aisle. I just want to pray for you. So let's stand all over the house this morning. Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together today. And God, I thank you for this simple message, but so important. Thank you for being so good to us. And God, I pray that we'll go ahead and decide right now. God, I pray we'll decide that regardless of what happens, we're going to praise you. 
God, encourage that one that's discouraged. Just as sure as I'm here, there's somebody that's going through a battle right now. God, use this service to encourage them greatly. And God, maybe this week, all they've been thinking about is that license plate, that license plate of problems, that license plate of cancer, that license plate of finances. And God, today I pray that you'd help them to, Lord, help them to redirect their thinking and get their mind off of that license plate. And I pray that they would behold the precious face of Jesus. Father, I pray that you'll bless these in the altar. And uh, it could be there's somebody that still needs to come. And so I pray that you work in their hearts and life. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The pianist is going to play through another stanza or so. And if you're here this morning and you need prayer or uh, you need to be saved, uh, listen, I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And I want you to come while we wait. We're going to be here to help you. And so you come this morning.